This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, November 1st. I'm Daniel Davis. And I'm Kate Trinko. Today, we're going to start a new segment on our Daily Signal podcast, a weekly check-in with problematic women to discuss what conservative women think on the issues of the day. Today, we'll be joined by Kelsey Harkness and Bree Payton, and we'll chat about Ben and Jerry's new alliance with the Women's March and a liberal getting mad at Chip Gaines for saying he'd like a sixth child. But first, we'll cover a few of the top headlines. President Trump continues to speak out against the migrant caravan winding its way through Mexico, stating in a tweet Wednesday, Our military is being mobilized at the southern border. Many more troops coming. We will not let these caravans, which are also made up of some very bad thugs and gang members, into the U.S. Our border is sacred, must come in legally. Turn around. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders appeared on Fox and Friends Wednesday and said Mexico has stepped up in an unprecedented way. Well, President Trump continues to make the case against birthright citizenship. And on Wednesday, he pulled a fast one on former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. In a tweet, he said, quote, Harry Reid was right in 1993 before he and the Democrats went insane and started with the open borders, which brings massive crime stuff, end quote. The former senator was quick to hit back, saying, In 1993, around the time Donald Trump was gobbling up tax-free inheritance money from his wealthy father and driving several companies into bankruptcy, I made a mistake, end quote. And it was at that point that President Trump posted a clip on Twitter from one of Harry Reid's floor speeches in 1993. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense Country, county-run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers. The alleged shooter in the tragic massacre at the Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue, which left 11 dead, is being charged on 44 counts after a federal grand jury convened. Attorney General Jeff Sessions said in a statement, these alleged crimes are incomprehensibly evil and utterly repugnant to the values of this nation. Therefore, this case is not only important to the victims and their loved ones, but to the city of Pittsburgh and the entire nation. Speaking in Ohio Wednesday, Vice President Mike Pence said, As President Trump and I have made clear, what happened was not just criminal, it was evil, and we will never allow violence or anti-Semitism to take hold in the United States. Well, early reports show big economic gains in October. According to ADP and Moody's Analytics, private payrolls grew by 227,000 jobs. That's up by 9,000 from September. The vast majority of those jobs came in the services sector, which added 187,000. Meanwhile, construction and manufacturing each added 17,000. The Labor Department will deliver its official count on Friday. 
Immigration numbers for 2016 are virtually tied with 1999, formerly the year with the most immigration. That's according to the Center for Immigration Studies, which just released a new analysis. In 2016, the U.S. had 1.75 million immigrants. That number includes both legal and illegal immigrants. Well, Janet Yellen, who until recently served as chair of the Federal Reserve, expressed concern about the level of debt the U.S. is taking on, calling it unsustainable. She said, quote, if I had a magic wand, I would raise taxes and cut retirement spending. She noted the debt will only grow further as more baby boomers retire and Social Security and Medicare face greater and greater payments. The U.S. ran a deficit of $778 billion for fiscal year 2018, surpassing $21 trillion in debt. CNN's Don Lemon made some interesting comments about the cause of terrorism. Listen to what he had to say. We have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they have the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that? Well, Kanye West's political life took a puzzling turn on Tuesday. The rapper blew up Twitter when he posted, quote, My eyes are now wide open, and I now realize I've been used to spread messages I don't believe in. I am distancing myself from politics and completely focusing on being creative, end quote. Now, TMZ later confirmed that Kanye was not referring to Trump there. And just before that tweet, he had spoken about Candace Owens, a prominent black conservative who had been increasingly involved with Kanye West on political matters. She had just launched a new movement called Blexit, which she hopes will encourage African-Americans to leave the Democratic Party. And rumor had it that Kanye West was involved. But on Twitter, Kanye distanced himself from Blexit, saying, quote, I introduced Candace to the person who made the logo, and they didn't want their name on it, so she used mine. I never wanted any association with Blexit. I have nothing to do with it, end quote. Well, all eyes then turned to Candace Owens, who issued a public statement and apology. Quote, If I had to imagine what it would feel like to have a bullet pierce my heart, it would be exactly like the moment I learned Kanye told the world, He felt I had used him. I wouldn't wish the way I felt last night upon my worst enemy. I never once said that Kanye designed the t-shirts for Blexit. This is a lie that seems to have made its way around the world. A lie I would like to again correct for the record. Kanye was completely right to feel used in that regard. And as I have done personally, I would like to publicly apologize to him for any undue stress or pain the effort to correct that rumor has caused him, his business relationships, or his family. He simply never designed them, end quote. Well, a lot of conservatives had really hoped that Kanye would become a leading conservative voice, though there were always folks like Ben Shapiro who warned that Kanye is not a conservative and hadn't demonstrated conservative ideas. And uh, I think he put it best on Wednesday, live by the Kanye, die by the Kanye. Next up, I'll host our first discussion with the problematic women. Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? Then subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court. 
Okay, so as I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to start having a weekly check-in with the Problematic Women, the Daily Signal's crew that focuses on feminism for conservatives. Joining us today is Kelsey Harkness, a senior news producer at the Daily Signal, and Bree Payton, a staff writer for The Federalist and good friend of the Daily Signal. So, our first topic is ice cream, but not in the good way. Ben & Jerry's, that woke Vermont company, is out with a new flavor, pecan resist. Get it? Anyway, the company says, quote, alongside all those nutty chunks, this pint packs a powerful message under its lid. Together, we can build a more just and equitable tomorrow. We can peacefully resist the Trump administration's regressive and discriminatory policies and build a future that values inclusivity, equality, and justice for people of color, women, and the LGBTQ community, refugees, and immigrants, end quote. Kelsey, you wrote for the Daily Signal about this new flavors, problematic fundraising. Can you please share that with us? Yeah. So when you first hear about this, you're probably like, why is this news? Every other day under the Trump administration, we have, quote unquote, woke companies partnering and supporting through fundraising far left activist groups like the Women's March. Uh, But I found this story particularly concerning, given the timing of Ben and Jerry's decision to partner with the Women's March. So for months, if not years since the Women's March existed, uh, conservatives and, and really anyone who knows who this character is have voiced serious concern about the founders' ties to an anti-Semite, um, Louise Far- Farrakhan. And, and you mean the founder of the Women's March's ties, right? Yes. Sorry, did I say that wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just the founder. Yeah, so, well, so there's four founders of the Women's March. Three of the four have ties to this man okay. who most recently compared Jewish people to termites. Uh, he has a very awful track record when it comes to his rhetoric regarding uh, Jews. It's it's not just problematic, it's sickening, it's disgusting, it's racist. And uh, to see Ben and Jerry's announce this new exciting partnership with the Women's March just days after uh, what's been called the most deadliest, uh, the deadliest hate crime against American Jews in our history, I think is um, is really awful. I wrote about it in the Daily Signal. And part of what is most, I guess, surprising about this is that our friends over at IJR asked, uh, they asked Ben and Jerry's about these problematic ties um, to to this anti-Semite. And their response completely watered down any of those concerns. So do you want me to read it? Yeah. <laughs> so this, this was their response when specifically asked about the Women's March's problematic ties to an anti-Semite, an open anti-Semite. We're comfortable with the idea that people and the causes we partner with may have a point of view different from our own on some issues. They can be controversial just as we can. Linda, who's one of the founders, may not agree with everything we've done, but the work that she has done to promote women's rights as co-chair of the Women's March is undeniably important, and we are proud to join her in that effort. So, in my opinion, dismissing anti-Semitism as, quote, a point of view different from our own, unquote, is incredibly insulting to the 11 people who just lost their lives over the weekend. And describing it as 
simply controversial is also is also insulting. Being being racist against Jewish people is is not just controversial. We shouldn't legitimize it. Calling something controversial is almost legitimizing it as if this is a, an opinion that a controversial bill or something like that. This isn't just controversial. This is racist. And um, I think Ben and Jerry should be held accountable. I think what's most frustrating to me in all of this is the double standard that we're seeing, right? As soon as this attack happened over the weekend in Pittsburgh, um, 11 people shot and killed in a synagogue. The blame was immediately thrown on Donald Trump. The blame was immediately thrown on, you know, rhetoric um, coming from his mouth and different things like that. And his supporters just last or on Monday night, CNN's Don Lemon said that the biggest terroristic threat to this country are white men who are being radicalized um, in his words to the right um, because of Donald Trump, right? That was immediately where the blame was cast. That was immediately where it went. And then here we have individuals who are partnering with an open anti-Semitic person um, whose rhetoric is, if you're going to play that game of whose rhetoric is more closely tied to this, clearly Louis Farrakhan's rhetoric is more clearly tied to this, although I don't think we should ever blame anyone for anyone else's actions. But anyway, I think just the double standard here is shocking and appalling, and I think we need to continue to call these people out for not holding themselves to the same rules that they're applying on others. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was part of what frustrated me about it, because, of course, um, some of these Women March founders um, did host a rally against anti-Semitism. I think it was this weekend after the shooting. But, you know, as you said, Brie, there's no way if anyone on the right was associated with a figure like Farrakhan and all of his statements that it wouldn't be huge news mentioned all the time. Be like they they would have to distance themselves. And, you know, that would seem appropriate. Um, So it is a total double standard. Yeah, I guess I looked at this situation as maybe this you know, the attack over the weekend will finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back. It will it will rally the public, even many of their own supporters, to demand that its three founders at least denounce his rhetoric and say, we absolutely do not uh, support anything along these lines that, that this, this man says. But they did nothing. Instead, they hypocritically host a rally uh, in front of the White House, clearly casting blame on President Trump in the name of anti-Semitism when they can't just look in the mirror. So I, I think it is time. You know, usually I'm not in favor of boycotting companies and I'm really not calling on anybody to boycott Uh, Ben and Jerry's and their decision to forge this partnership. But I wonder, you know, if Ben and Jerry's is is even aware if they even took the time to educate themselves on the women marches ties to this man. I think it's time they do that. And as I wrote in my piece, I'm going to, uh, in the least, be resisting pecan (laughs) resist. That's what they want me to do. Got to resist the resistance. Yeah. Got to do that. Yeah, I have to say I was kind of relieved. Like at first, the first thing I did, it being very important, was read the description of the flavor. There were no there was no peanut butter involved, nothing that was like a trigger food. I was like, okay, okay, it's okay. I can I can go the rest of my life without having this. I'm a huge but. sucker for a good graham cracker crust roll. <laughs> That's my thing. And I also like bananas. I like marshmallows. If well, then you've got you got that it. going on. Yeah. This is like a real problem with Ben and Jerry's because they constantly release these political flavors. Yeah. And I'm like, 
well, I need to be true to my beliefs, but also like, could you make like, uh, you know, a conservative version of this that would support like, you know, pregnancy centers with the same flavor? There we go. That'd be great. I always cave. If it's yummy, I cave. (laughs) To be honest, though, I've always thought Ben and Jerry's ice cream is overrated. It has nothing to do with their politics. Whoa, fighting words. I'm more of a a vanilla girl. Like, give me a very good vanilla ice cream. I know that sounds lame and boring, but... (laughs) There's nothing better than a good vanilla ice cream. I mean, you're just literally being vanilla. Take that, take that, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> okay. Well, our next topic is Glamour Magazine. It's picked its women of the year. And of course, there are no conservatives on the list. Among the women of the year are Senator Kamala Harris, a Democrat from California, and the women involved in March for Our Lives, the pro-gun control movement started since Parkland. Brie, were you surprised at all to see no conservatives once again? I no. feel like I just fed you a question. Yeah. <laughs> that was like very leading, but you know what I mean. No, I mean, absolutely not at all surprised. I think it's very apparent that teen magazines, that beauty magazines um, that target toward themselves towards younger women have done this time and time again and have, you know, skewed themselves um, to favoring and giving a lot of glossy profiles to uh, women who lean liberal and give a lot of airtime and attention to liberal ideas. I mean, just a couple of days ago, Teen Vogue was pushing for the Equal Rights Amendment. They're pushing for that to get passed. Um, Last week, Kelsey, you and I... I'd rather that than their promotion of socialism or whatever that was. (laughs) Right. They're trying to literally end capitalism. (laughs) So I guess I'm not at all surprised to see this genre of magazines fan the flames and push up and hype up women and ideas that are liberal. This is just going to be their MO. This is what they do. And this is part of the reason why we're here, why problematic women exist, is because we're here to say, listen, there's young women who have different opinions. um, And here's what we think. I agree. And I mean, was I surprised by this? No. And part of me just wants to stop even trying. Like, why do I have any expectations that a single conservative woman will be included on this list? But I do think it's important that we highlight these cases, the the lack of conservative women on these lists to keep telling them again and again, we do exist because if we just back down and don't call them out and don't tell them we're here, they're going to forget about us and they will, will start to think that we don't exist. Um, so I, I, and I, I will say, I believe it was New York magazine, um, who put together the most powerful women of the year list. Right. And they did so Nikki Haley. They, yeah. They did include Nikki Haley. Of course, they also included Stormy Daniels right alongside her. Yeah. I thought that was basically equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, and Marjorie from the SBA list. Yeah. She Marjorie was on there Dan too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that gave me some hope. So when I saw the glamour list came out, I was like, you know what? If they, if, if, if New York magazine changed its ways, maybe the rest of them will too. Um, but I mean, one is better than none in that sense, but I, I don't know why someone like Nikki Haley didn't make this list. Um, I will say I was happy to uh, to see they included some um, international women. Uh, the 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 woman who helped uh, launch the movement that gave women in Saudi Arabia the right to drive. Um, I'm, I'm glad they recognized her. They also decided to recognize the multiple women who played a role in taking down Larry Nassar, the the doctor who took advantage of hundreds of women um, in the gymnastics sex 
abuse scandal. So they certainly deserve to be on that list. Um, they also included Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> she's the influencer of the year, is what they say. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, of course, I think she's funny on Twitter. And to be honest, this is what this is what uh, this is the problem with the left. Like I can appreciate someone like Chrissy Teigen's humor and deeply disagree with what she's saying. Like I, I tolerate her basically, and I'm still able to laugh. But I feel like. People on the other side are unable to do that. If if we had someone, if we had a conservative version of Chrissy Teigen, um, it wouldn't be possible because the left would just be constantly offended by it. Right. Even Taylor Swift being quiet. Not enough. <laughs> Gotta denounce everything, Taylor, or else you're supporting fascism. Right. Of course. Yeah, no, it is frustrating. And I think that goes back to, um, you know, just sort of this idea that for the right, politics isn't everything. And I think for a lot of normal people on the left, that's also true. But a lot of the activists on the left, everything becomes political. And so everyone must be political. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it is what we expect from women's magazines at the same time, you know, I don't know. I guess this is the pot calling the kettle black, but it does seem like there's an opportunity for you know, a women's magazine that is either truly bipartisan or one that more is geared toward the right. Like, I certainly enjoy reading women's magazines, and it's sometimes a little bit frustrating that, you know, you're going to read, you know, all these profiles, but, like, you'll never see one of Melania Trump. You won't see Betsy DeVos honored. Like, you're just never going to get that. Totally, and I, I, I do wonder where that wealthy conservative donor is who wants to start a women's magazine no secret message there but you do you you can find my contact info through the dailysignal.com okay well now that kelsey has raised um all right let's get to one of our favorite couples or at least one of mine chip and joanna Gaines sat down for an interview with people magazine the fixer upper stars just had their fifth child crew who's quite a bit younger than the other four. Quote, it's hard to believe this little turkey will only be 10 years old when Emmy is graduating from high school. That's what Chip said, referring to the couple's fourth child, Emmy, who is now eight. He also said, I think we have to have another one because I'm particular about the only child thing. Crew needs a sister to manage this whole thing out. Don't be surprised if number six is in the cards. Well, you'd think that was a pretty innocuous thing to say, but no. Frida Garza, a writer at the liberal women's site Jezebel, is now mad at Chip. She writes, children are a gift and all that. (laughs) I love that. A gift and all that. (laughs) But Joanna has now given Chip five precious gifts, and she doesn't owe him a six under any circumstances. And unless Joanna says, I want to have a six kid, then they probably shouldn't. Chip, buddy, stick to what you know best cracking jokes and looking pretty and give your wife a break guys thoughts this is a lot this is a (laughs) lot right now like let them live you know what i'm saying like liberals are all about supposedly all about letting people live letting people make decisions letting people have the preferences that they have he's expressing a preference he identifies as a father of six he needs that to come true and no it's too much can't identify that way I was going to say, why don't we start with the fact that he called that that she called Chip pretty interesting word choice there. 
I that also struck me, but you know, I thought she was trying to be, I don't know, inclusive, non-binary. Who knows? I thought it was. De- I think Ben I can think be it, pretty. I think it was demeaning in a way. Uh, I think the tone sounded demeaning. Like, oh yeah, like I'm just gonna chip. Just focus on your looks. Like, imagine if <laughs> imagine if a woman was told that in reverse. Oh, it would be so demeaning. But because a woman's saying to it to a man, then it's perfectly acceptable. They're just so hypocritical. That is an yes. interesting point. Yeah. I think, mean, and it's not like Joanna's out there saying, I don't want a six kid, right? Yeah. This isn't the handmaid's tale. This is not the handmaid's tale. She's not being forced to carry a child. <laughs> he just expressed one preference and we have not heard from her that she's actively like resisting this. Right. And this is a handmaid's tale scenario. So I think like, don't project your fantasies of handmaid's tale onto like everyone else's lives. Right. And I think, you know, she she did make a comment that, you know, it was harder being pregnant at 40 than I guess, you know, she would have been, I suppose, 31 or 32 when she had the last one. But as far as I'm aware of, yeah, she hasn't made any comment along the lines you're talking about where, like, God forbid I ever have a six or I'm done with this forever. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was a hardship for her. Being pregnant is no joke. Um but I, I, to me, this is another example, though, of the hatred of big families that we so often see on the left. And, you know, they're always claiming to be about choice. But here we have a couple who have huge financial means, seem to be well-adjusted, seem to be happy, I'm sure would responsibly discuss whether to have a sick child. And yet that's like, how dare this dad want this? Like, and, and how know. And how dare this dad want this for his child? I mean... I think that's completely natural to think of how this child is going to be raised. And um, for this writer to not see the value of siblings um, and and not respect Chip's value that he places on having his child be able to enjoy the many amazing things about having siblings, uh, I think is, I, I mean, I think it's pretty disrespectful and, and at the end of the day yeah it's like why is this her business like is it this is when I think liberal writers run out of things to write about and so they have to pick on fights that have that should have nothing to do with them yeah and I also think it's kind of insulting toward men like obviously the first nine months of a child's life it's you know it's a woman it's a lot of work but There's 18 more years after that and plenty of good dads, you know, get involved, help at night, play with the children. You know, like they're not like it's I mean, I think it's often 50 50. It is not some, oh, you got to do all this and I'm going to show up and drink my martini and pat them on the head. Like Chip is presumably signing himself up as well for some pretty serious self-sacrifice. Yeah, I think this speaks to a larger point that the left doesn't want men to have any impact or any opinions on family planning. It should all be the woman's decision. So they're they're they have a problem with the fact that Chip even has an opinion on whether or not they have more children. Yeah, I think that that's definitely part of what's going on here. Also, as the oldest of five, the youngest <laughs> in the family. So I'm 26. The youngest is 12. So big age gap between me and him. Big age gap between the sibling directly above him and. He, Hopefully he's not listening to this, but he's kind of a brat. So I think that Chip has a point that there needs to be some other kids there. You can't just be like the youngest by a lot of years, you know, like it it kind of messes with you. I mean, counterpoint. (laughs) I'm the oldest of five as well. And uh, thanks to twins, we I was actually five and a half when the youngest were born. So we are the opposite crammed very close together. 
And my younger sisters, who I hope are not listening, can also be a little bit bratty. <laughs> so, Can't win. They're always going to be the youngest. Well, you no know, offense counter- to the youngest, but the youngest out there, it's you just it's you get too much attention. Counter counterpoint. <laughs> I, I since we're all going into our family tree here, I'm the middle of uh, in, in the middle of two sisters, and we're all exactly three years apart. And uh, it's interesting when you think about wanting to have a family, would you, I feel like everybody bases that on, do you want more or less than the amount of siblings that you had? Uh, And I'm like smack dab in the middle of all that. And I either, I I, I totally get reactions if I say I want more. They're like, what you want? Like four or five children? Are you crazy? That's what people think these days of big families. And, And then to me, only having two sounds like a tiny little measly little family <laughs> oh my god well <laughs> i want three daughters and i want to name them april may and june isn't that funny that <laughs> would they find it funny that's what i want to know <laughs> you might want to give them a little bit of an opt out of that <laughs> maybe use middle name wow okay but, coming out here is savage oh sorry sorry i mean i respect your choice your name identity <laughs> Just gonna be giving them some paperwork. To change Does that their mean names. they're all gonna be girls? Yeah, I only want daughters. Uh, no, okay. you could totally name a boy May. <laughs> well, they get to pick their own gender, so you don't get to decide that. True. Anyways. Yeah, True. you gotta raise babies. Okay, well, we're gonna leave it there for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Signal podcast, brought to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. And please leave us a review or rating on iTunes to give us any feedback. And of course, you can check out Kelsey's work on The Daily Signal and Bree's work on The Federalist. And Daniel and I will see you again tomorrow. You've been listening to The Daily Signal podcast, executive produced by Kate Trinko and Daniel Davis. Sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.